Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. <clears throat> my name is Mark Farzetta. This is the Farzee Show presented by MyBookie, MyBookie.ag. By now, you've seen this news, and then you've heard conflicting reports. It went from Adam Schefter's announcement yesterday on Twitter, or I should say his report on Twitter yesterday, saying that six-time All-Pro, future Hall of Fame center, Jason Kelsey told his teammates Monday night after the game, that he is, in fact, retiring per league sources. That has been uh, changed a little bit in terms of uh, what actually went down after the game. That kind of makes it seem like there was a, um, um, what you call it, a, a little announcement by, by Jason Kelsey saying, hey, you know what, hey guys, uh, thanks for playing this game. Sorry we suck today. Uh, retiring. It didn't quite go down like that. Um, I heard Brandon Graham on with uh, my man Joe DeCamera on WIP saying, oh, he didn't tell me that. But uh, And he's made no formal announcement that he is retired, and you know that Jason Kelsey is going to do it in a big way because uh, he knows no other way to do things. I would assume it's going to happen on the podcast. I would assume it's also going to happen officially official, like when he has his probably uh, press conference at the end of um, locker cleanouts and all that fun stuff. I would assume he's going to go ahead and do that uh, after uh, the Super Bowl. I don't think it'll be before the Super Bowl, but... I, I've, I've, there's nobody in Philadelphia that's ever played in this city that has gotten it more than Jason Kelsey. Nobody, nobody has ever understood this city and identified with this city more than him. And, you know, I never thought you would have a, a Philadelphia Eagle in my lifetime, kind of like be up there with Brian Dawkins. Like as revered as Doc was, you can look at Jason Kelsey and say the exact same thing. Um, and it honestly, when I saw him on the sidelines yesterday, and I know I referenced it with his arm being put around Jeff Stoutland, and we talked about whether or not it was going to be over for Jason Kelsey. Uh, in all honesty, it's it's emotional uh, because I do love this city, and I, I love the people in the city, and I, I love their fans, and, and I love the fan base and all that, and I know what Jason Kelsey means to them. I know what Jason Kelsey has meant to me as someone who has grown up in this city and you you long for a guy, uh, an athlete that just understands where he's playing, understands the fan base. And I have two quotes for you that will play today from Jason Kelsey. And they've got nothing to do with 
hungry dogs. They got nothing to do with underdogs. If they got nothing to do with dogs, it's got nothing to do with the mummer's outfit. It's got nothing to do with the parade. They're the two best things that he's ever said. And when I listened to him, and I remember when he when he talked about it, uh, I just remember thinking like, geez, you don't have guys that get it as well as he does. And oh, by the way, Hall of Fame center, <laughs> Super Bowl winner, team leader. And he's a center. Like you think about how much he's loved in this city. He's not some flashy wide receiver that caught you know, 15 touchdowns in a season. He's not that. He is the center on your offensive line. That's who he is. And I don't know if there's really anybody better to focus on for the city of Philadelphia than an offensive lineman in general, or especially a center as important as a role as that is. And getting to know him, and, and, and I'll tell you my own personal thing with Jason Kelsey later, but uh, in the show, because uh, getting to know him throughout his career here in Philadelphia, obviously the character that you've come to know and love and obviously the talent that you've come to know and love. But we'll talk a lot about Jason Kelsey today. We'll, we'll try to figure out what it is that exactly that he will step aside and we'll see what's what. Um, today, though, it's a very interesting day. And I'll jump right into this because Jeff McClain put this long tweet out there on social media, this long post on social media talking about Judgment Day for Nick Sirianni. Uh, I'll go ahead and walk you through it. Basically, Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia Eagles will be cleaning out their lockers and offices today. This will be a time and this will be an opportunity for Nick Sirianni to talk to Jeffrey Lurie. Now, basically what this outlines is Nick Sirianni will have his exit interviews with his players, and then he'll also have a meeting with Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. If that meeting with Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie is a little bit earlier then locker room exits and exit interviews for players. That's a bad sign for Nick Sirianni, but at least it's somewhat of a courtesy for Lori and Roseman where they're not saying, all right, hey, go do these player interviews. By the way, you're fired. Like that, that, that'd be nice um, uh, to, 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 to spare him of having to do that and just let him uh, get his walking papers a little bit earlier. But with everybody meeting at the Novacare complex today, everybody being in the same spot, it's obviously a, uh, uh, a, a day that could definitely be the judgment day that a lot of us are expecting and myself included. And I told you guys yesterday that I don't see him coming back. And it is crazy to say that after three straight playoff appearances in three years as your head coach, including the Super Bowl berth, but good Lord, what a collapse it was this season. I, I could see um, the only way if, if, if you're a Sirianni fan and you don't think it was any of his fault, there's one way, and I'll, and I'll walk you through that in a second. But um, Jeff McClain does point out here that there is a qualifier involved. Jeffrey Lurie went into his exit interview with former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson after the 2020 season expecting to keep him, but he wasn't satisfied with Peterson's coordinator candidates. Uh, there was an impasse, and Lurie fired him. But early indications uh, are that Lurie hasn't made a final decision on Sirianni's future with the Eagles. I think Sirianni is going to be placed with an ultimatum, similar to Doug Peterson. You're not hiring your coaching staff. We're hiring your coaching staff. Take it or leave it. And I think Sirianni leaves it. I think Sirianni has a good enough resume in three years here in Philadelphia, Philadelphia where he's going to get a job somewhere else. Is it as glowing as Doug Peterson, you know, with a Super Bowl victory on that resume? Obviously not, but a young head coach that went to playoffs three straight years, having never been a head coach before, he's going to get a gig. He's going to get a gig. And if you're Jeffrey Lurie, here's my like, – don't you get tired at some point of telling a head coach how to do his job? 
Like, don't if you're an employer, do you really have to be someone that's like, I know more than everyone. Let me meddle in everything. What if you just want somebody that knows what the hell they're doing? Think about that for a second. Do you really want, hey, all right, Doug, we, you, you're not doing a good job hiring your coordinators. We're going to hire the coordinators. All right there, Nick Sirianni. You're not doing a good job with the coordinators. We're going to fire one of your coordinators or strip them of play calling in season, and we're going to tell you who we're putting in there. Don't you just want somebody that knows what the hell they're doing? As it, as it, don't you really want to sit back and be like, I have hired this coach because he knows what the hell they're doing. Not all situations are going to end up like Chip Kelly, where all of a sudden you feel like you don't own the team anymore. Wouldn't you like to have someone like like you had an Andy Reid, someone who you know, grew here, had a lot of success here? You weren't the meddling owner that you used to be, or you know you weren't the meddling owner then that you now are. Wouldn't you want someone that just kind of knows what the hell they're doing? So, if you're going to have Nick Sirianni stay here, this is the one scenario where I think he stays. Um, Jeffrey Lurie legit likes him. This is the scenario. I'm not saying this is the case, but the scenario is that Jeffrey Lurie is content. He likes Nick Sirianni. He likes what he brings to the table. And above all else, he likes Nick Sirianni because Nick Sirianni lets him feel like not only is he owning the team, but he runs the team. Runs it in not just a way where he signs checks or says, mm, did you see these numbers? Uh, these are good numbers. You should use them. Um, but in a way where he allows him to hire his coaching staff. If you're, and I always say this about the head coach, if you're supposed to be the boss, you want to look around <clears throat> and you want to have people around you that you know are on the same page as you, people you have hired. Nobody wants to go into a business where they're supposed to be an authoritative figure and people were placed around them. You want to select the people that are placed around you. You want to do the placing. You want to do the hiring. And Jeffrey Lurie kind of wants his hands in that as well. That's why I think they'll have another impasse today. That's why I think Nick Sirianni, uh, this will be the last morning we have where we wake up and we say the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles is Nick Sirianni or head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Sirianni. And probably the biggest indictment as to why, why he's not going to be back here is Jalen Hurts. Now, I didn't have as much of a problem with what Jalen Hurts had to say after Monday night's loss to the Buccaneers as other people. Um, but then I heard what J.J. Watt said excuse me, T.J. Watt said about Mike Tomlin. Now, Mike Tomlin has won a Super Bowl. Uh, Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. Mike Tomlin just also made it to the playoffs again. Uh, Mike Tomlin got a glowing endorsement from T.J. Watt. We'll compare and contrast, uh, and we'll get into that in a second. Um, also, today, on a, on a happier note, the 76ers absolutely uh, put on a show last night. Now, was it a dominant performance over the Nuggets? No, it was not a dominant performance over the Nuggets. Uh, but what it was, was a dominant performance by Joel Embiid. I, I have told you many times I am taking the season for sheer entertainment and enjoyment and a love of basketball. But I am not, I am not going to allow myself to get caught up in the big joker and now it beats gonna get the mvp again and now it's, i'm not gonna get caught up in that because literally the only thing that matters for me is how the eagle uh, the sixers perform in the playoffs that is the only thing that matters to me and i am not going to allow i'm not going to do it maybe after timberwolves i got a little carried away you know where i was ready to get hurt again and i'm not going to do it i am not going to get hurt again i know it's a very popular thing on social media to say and the famous one is what is it uh, uh, uh joaquin phoenix with painting the Joker's makeup on his face. It's just like, 
<laughs> and B drops, you know, 41 on Joker. <laughs> and B dropped, what was it, 12, 13 in the fourth quarter, 11 in the fourth quarter, whatever the hell it was. He was incredible in the fourth quarter last night, literally put on a display. And I'm not going to be like me watching Joel Embiid in the fourth quarter, ready to get hurt again, and I'm putting the clown makeup on, you know, that whole thing. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Um, but, Dan, that was fun last night. And if you're like me and you're just looking at these 82 games in the regular season as fun and you're trying to enjoy the hell out of it without buying into the idea that this team is going to make it out of the second round of the playoffs or this team's going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals or this team's going to make it to the finals, if you're like me and you're just saying, I am not going to get hurt again, they're not going to do it to me again, then last night, oh, my God, that was a lot of fun. Uh, so we'll get into the fixtures a little bit later in the show. But uh, here it is. I'm going to I'm going to spell this out for you um, when it comes to whether or not Nick Sirianni is going to be back. Uh, after the game, Monday night, Jalen Hurts was asked about whether or not he wanted Nick back as his head coach, and this was his answer. Do you, do you, do you, want, do you want Nick back? Do you want Nick back? I didn't know he was going anywhere. I don't. I didn't, I didn't know that. Nah. Where's the confidence level in him then to, to fix this team? I have everybody. I have a ton of confidence in um in everyone in this building. Um, it's just a matter of us going out there and playing clean football. And that's been something that we have not done, you know. So, I know I liked his open. Like, oh, I didn't know he was going anywhere. And then I was expecting some kind of like like good in endorsement. But then he generalized it. He made it, it wasn't about Nick. I'm confident in every. I got confidence in everybody. All right, I was like, eh, not not great, but good, good open. I, I I didn't know he was going anywhere. Okay, good, good job. You know, played dumb. He played dumb is what he did. And then I heard T.J. Watt get asked about Mike Tomlin. Now, unfortunately, I don't know why I wasn't able to tweak the volume here, so you might have to just turn this up a little bit. Here's T.J. Watt when he was asked about, hey, so Mike Tomlin might be fired. What are your thoughts on that? Ah, uh, damn it. It's not coming through. Son of a gun. Uh, I'll, have to pair, I'll have to tell you what he said. Uh, Mike Tom, so he's asked about Mike Tomlin, and he says, uh, "It's it, like in my contract." <laughs> he said, "I that was a big part of my contract negotiations to have Mike Tomlin as my head coach. I want to play for Mike Tomlin." Made it very specific, very direct. There is no question as to whether or not T.J. Watt wants any other coach other than Mike Tomlin. He said, "Nope, Mike Tomlin. That's it." And what did what did uh, what did Jalen Hurts say? Ah, I got confidence in everybody. <laughs> Not, not as good. Not as not exactly a ringing endorsement for your head coach to make his return. And look, if if you've watched these games, I, I, look, I am telling you without a shadow of a doubt, and I know people will focus on this because everyone, the, 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 the most important position in all Philadelphia sports is the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. And when that person struggles, oh my goodness gracious, there is a great conflagration, ladies and gentlemen. The piping hot takes that come in. Jalen Hurts has regressed. He has. This is all Jalen Hurts' fault. Absolutely not. That is beyond a shadow of a... I heard LaShawn McCoy talk about it yesterday. That this is... Oh, is Jalen Hurts is throwing the football. Jalen Hurts running the football. Jalen Hurts making the checks, all that stuff. Yeah, but it's also within the system of an office, system of an offense. And people are burying the lead. And it's very difficult to bury the lead when you're talking about the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. That is the lead 99.99999% of the time. If it's anything that's wrong with the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, that is the lead. But what's astounding to me is that that is not the big story. The big story 
is how much of an organizational failure this season was. So I know, oh, you just focus on the quarterback. You focus on the player. And again, the vast majority of the time, if not always, that is the case. But when you see the, the same plays over and over again, and you don't see those same plays have an amazing amount of success, and the big plays are made when Jalen Hurts is just able to make a big play for himself, you can't rely on that. And you see that time and time again. You saw it time and time again throughout this season. And then you see such a huge drop-off from Shane Steichen's offense and play calling to this under Brian Johnson. And I don't know if Nick Sirianni felt like he had more power or felt like he had a little bit more of an ego after Shane Steichen left. And he felt like, okay, Steichen's gone. Shane's gone. Now I got to do this. And came in and, and and did talk about and did hint at overruling Brian Johnson at times, which is fine. He's the head coach. He's an offensive-minded head coach. Fine. But to see this offense struggle, to see this team not be able to control games like they did a year ago. Eagles, and I've pointed this out before, but the Eagles have had, last year had six games where they won by 10 or more points. Six games. This year they had two. They had two. And one of them, I'm going to talk about regression, one of them was week three against the Buccaneers. And what the hell just happened against the Buccaneers? If there is no, there's no greater slide, as Nick Sirianni talked about yesterday, this slide that throw. There's no greater example of the slide than winning 25 to 11 against these Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then facing them again in the playoffs after they only won nine games. So after they faced you, they won seven more games on the season. <laughs> after they faced you, uh, they won nine games in total, and then they blew your ass out in the postseason. Yeah, I, I would say these are two totally different teams than the teams that faced each other in week, th in week three. And I would say Nick Sirianni was a very different head coach. I would say this team in general was very different. Uh, it's the biggest, it's the bi biggest reason why he's not going to be back as the head coach is because he allowed this slide to happen. He had no fixes. Like, were you just going to sit back and wait for marching orders from Jeffrey Lurie about how you were going to fix it? At some point, you do got to do your job. Uh, if I was able to fish a wish and bring in somebody that was going to be uh, the head coach of this football team, I would love to see Jim Harbaugh here. That's the guy I would absolutely love to see. Uh, I know some people really love Mike Vrabel. I, I don't know why. I Defensive head coach, people want to help the defense. That's great. Not going to happen. <laughs> That's not a direction that Nick Sirianni is going to go. Or excuse me, that uh, Jeffrey Lurie is going to go. Uh, he's. It's also not a direction to, for him to go to Jim Harbaugh. I'm just telling you, if it was up to me, who I'd want, I'd want an offensive-minded head coach, a guy that's had success with two different quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, a guy that's been to a Super Bowl, uh, and that's Jim Harbaugh. And also, by the way, a leader of men. That's Jim Harbaugh. And a guy that has had experience in the past with two mobile quarterbacks. One that could buy time behind the line of scrimmage, one that could run. Alex Smith had a passer rating of 100, I think it was. Uh, 101, I believe it was, when uh, he got injured, Colin Kaepernick took over, and then they they went back to an AF, uh, NFC Championship game. And then they went to the Super Bowl. And Jim Harbaugh made that switch. He made that call. And one thing that he did for his quarterbacks is he made things very simple. Some people might break it down as simple as a one-read wonder, which I know a lot of people look at Jalen Hurts already and say, that's what he is anyway, so there's nothing new here. But he helped Alex Smith with that one read. He helped uh, Colin Kaepernick with that one read. And, yes, still go through your progressions, but certain plays where you have the one read, if it's not there, you go. 
you can help a quarterback at least mentally relax a little bit and not get happy feet or not get antsy and not make a mistake like we saw mistakes being made by Jalen Hurts so many times as we saw this as we saw this season. He can help in that category. I'd love to see that. It's not going to happen. I, as I told you yesterday, I feel like whoever it gets announced as the next head coach of the Eagles, it's going to be somebody you're going to be like, who the hell was that? The how who what? And Google, that's what you're going to have to do. Not going to be fun, unfortunately. Not not uh, not going to be fun. Uh, so today, uh, Eagles will clean out their lockers. That is such a somber day, by the way. I've been in that locker room while they've been doing that, and that is uh, it's somber is the word for it. Just, especially if you had such high expectations going into the year, and then the shock is still uh, in your system that you're done. You're done. Uh, we'll get into postseason plans for the Eagles, of course, as time goes on. Uh, but I do feel like today the Eagles are going to be beginning their head coaching search. I don't know if it's going to come to that impasse with Nick Sirianni as it did with Doug Peterson. This could just be a very easy, this is done. This died a quick death. <laughs> this, wasn't, this wasn't a full year of what the hell happened. This was a, hey, look. We're competing for the number one seed in the end. You're number five. <laughs> hey, look, we're we're ten and uh, you know we're ten and one. Oh, look, you're eleven and seven. <laughs> that's that's not uh, eleven and six. Excuse me. Uh, that's not great. It's not a great way to end it. But damn, it's a quick death, a soldier's death. Anyway, um, so we'll wait for that news to come out today. Uh, Jason Kelsey. Uh, I remember when he was drafted. Eagles took a center out of Cincinnati. All right, see how he does. You know, I don't think. And then I uh, I got to talk to him a couple times, got to interview him a couple times. And and from the early goings, the guy just – he said all the things that you want an athlete to say. Had the work ethic from um, – uh, by all accounts, listening to his coaches and all that. Uh, going out, watching him in practice and all that. Just he looked like a guy just, all right, you know, this guy's got you know, all the right tools. All the right tools. Let's Let's see what happens here. And he gets uh, under Howard Mudd, if you remember that offensive line coach, uh, a man that uh, Jason Kelsey once described to me as the most interesting man in the world, Howard Mudd. And um, it went on talking a lot about him and what he uh, meant for him in his career. He later talked about that and how much he helped him become you know, a, a mobile center in the NFL. And then I caught an interview Jason Kelsey did where he and former Eagles fullback Owen Schmidt grew their hair out and grew some beards, and it might have been even during uh, the lockout where they they wanted to be berserkers, okay? The ancient, I want to say Greek, not Greek, not Greek, geez, Vikings. The Vikings had, the ancient Vikings had uh, uh, <laughs> long hair guys, big beards, long hair, obviously, uh, apparently would run naked into battle, I believe was one of, those, one of their things, and they were berserkers. They were just absolutely berserk. That's where we get the word. And Jason Kelsey was talking about that's why he was doing it because he wanted to honor the Vikings of the past. And he just went on this long speech about it, and it was hilarious. Some of it was tongue in cheek, but that's why he was doing it, right? And then after that, I was like, this guy just he is if he really turns into something, if he really turns into a special player, this city is gonna immortalize him. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. Whatever it is that he officially, officially retires, the statue should just be up the next day if not by the time he's done his speech. Um, and then getting to know him, he was a he competed in wing bowl one year. 
And we went with a camera crew to the Novacare complex, and he literally had, you have to qualify. It's in the rules. So he ate chicken wings. I remember John Dorenboss was his manager, who was also the commissioner of football or uh, wing bowl. And John Dorenboss took on this like wise old sensei type of character as he was the manager for Jason Kelsey. Uh, got a huge ovation. And then the the obvious one that I will talk about is just how he embraced Philadelphia so much, especially during the parade, by wearing the Mummers outfit from the Avalon String Band. Uh, gave the, the greatest speech in parade history. And I remember being right there at the foot of the Art Museum steps, and everyone was just hanging on every word. And no one likes us. We don't care. Our words that will live on in infamy. Uh here in Philadelphia. Uh, the play on the field, nobody gets off the line of scrimmage faster than Jason Kelsey throughout his entire career. my The best way you sum him up is on plays where you saw LaShawn McCoy, um, you saw uh, Miles Sanders, you saw uh, DeAndre Swift. You saw him down, <laughs> down the field 10, 15 yards ahead of the running back. And he's just plowing guys, making sure that that lane was wide open for his running backs to run. And one of the travesties is that we didn't get to see that enough. One of the travesties is whether or not it was a run to the outside, whether or not it was a screen, whatever the case was. In the latter years, we didn't see it enough with Jason Kelsey. We didn't see it enough with this offensive line. We didn't see it enough with these play calls. But my major takeaway from him is that uh, somebody could stand there at the line of scrimmage and just own his block, own his blocking assignment, or he'd be 15, 20 yards down the field, still owning that blocking assignment, getting out there, getting downfield to make blocks. And I've never seen anybody do it better than Jason Kelsey. Team leader off the charts, as we all know. And looking at him on the sidelines of the game Monday night with about six minutes left in the fourth quarter, they knew. Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, the broadcast crew knew. ESPN knew this could be it. They started running. It was like, good God. They started running the postmortem of like, Elaine Johnson's old. Brandon Graham's old. Fletcher Cox is old. Jason Kelsey's old. And they just started rolling the people through. Like, thanks. I, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed enough that I'm watching this team lose. Now you got to highlight for me the idea that this, is, this could be the end of the, what, the core four for the Philadelphia Eagles has become known. And I think Fletcher Cox said, oh, you mean the old guys? I think he said that before the season started during training camp. Oh, you mean the old guys? The core four? Oh, you mean the old guys? Yeah, that's a thank you very much. Um, and it could very well be the end of it. But they start rolling those uh, packages at the end of the game there. And then they get the shots of Jason Kelsey on the sideline. He's got uh, tears in his eyes. It looks like he looks up at Lane Johnson and says something. When the clock struck zero, he went over to Jeff Stoutland, put his arm around him. I don't know what he said, but it, it, he could have. It could have been, and I'm sure whatever it is that he has his end of his career press conference. Weird to say, he'll be asked, "Hey, what did you say to Stoutland there?" And if it was the moment that he said, "By the way, this is my last game," or "I'm done," or whatever, you see Jeff Stoutland, you know, throw his arms around him, and then you see Lane Johnson in the locker room, as I mentioned yesterday, talk about how he was an only child, and Jason Kelsey is his brother. Talks about the offensive line room being his brothers, and how special Jason Kelsey has been to him. Um, that brings me to the, the two best things uh, I ever heard from Jason Kelsey. And it's got nothing to do with underdogs. It's got nothing to do uh, with no one likes us. We don't care. It's got everything to do with just how this guy got it. Uh, 
he was um, nominated for the Walter Pater Man of the Year Award. <clears throat> I want to say it was just four years ago. And he talked about how Lane Johnson has really been an inspiration for him because Lane was going through his battle with anxiety. And Lane had missed some games, and, and people were just jumping on him, man. They were personal personal reasons. What the hell is personal reasons? It's like personal freaking reasons, man. Back off. Like I, I try to never forget these people are human beings. They got families. They got their own. They got their own issues. And people always throw money at it and say, "Oh, you make that millions of dollars to play a game," and you're talking about personal reasons. And I'm like, "Yeah, well, how much money makes you not human? <laughs> He's still a human being." And that really struck a chord with Jason Kelsey. So when he was when they were asking him about Lane Johnson and they're asking him about his uh, the Man of the Year nomination. It was a very emotional press conference. Then he broke down and he tried his best to keep it together, took long pauses and all that. And then finally, when he was able to regroup a little bit, he was able to put this message out there about what it is that he and his teammates try to do and why it's so emotional for him. We're in the business, I hope. You know what we do every day? What we do every game inspires millions of people. What we do off the field hopefully inspires people. And I think that that is something that, um, you know, I'm very proud to be one guy, a part of thousands of men who, who do that. So... Um, that's a guy who got it. That's a guy who gets it in Jason Kelsey. And that's why he is the every man. I was listening. Uh, I think it was, um, six ABC last night, uh, during their 1130 news or excuse me, 11 o'clock news had, um, they went out to Havertown, uh, went to Jason Kelsey's pizza joint, went to his diner, the, the sports collectible place that he has signed autographs at. And the owner of that place told a funny story about when Jason Kelsey went there two days after the parade speech, he drove his pickup truck to do the autograph signing. And people just started putting cases of beer in the back of his pickup truck. <laughs> that, that is a <laughs> uh, great ode. Great, great ode to Jason Kelsey there. Way, way to be. Way to honor that man, uh, all of Havertown, Eagles fans in general. But that's a man who gets it. That's a man who understands what he's doing. It's not just him going out there and playing a sport and playing at a Hall of Fame level, an all-pro time and time again level. It's a man who understands he's representing a city. And he understands. When fans say we, this is why you shouldn't have a problem with it. And this is why I don't have a problem when I would uh, take calls or you guys in the comments, whatever the case may be. And you say, we, we got to do this. We got to do that. You are the Philadelphia part of the Philadelphia Eagles. Jason Kelsey is the Eagles part representing the Philadelphia part. That's why I never have an issue with when fans said we. Oh, are you? So the smart ass comment is, oh, I didn't know you played. No, but it's it's your team. And Jason Kelsey really, underst really understands that. And one of the things that I absolutely love, and this is my favorite thing, and what you'll notice is, just to give a little background, uh, his hair is bleached blonde. It was bleached blonde a little bit in that clip, too, but his hair is bleached blonde because he had that bet with Zach Ertz that Zach Ertz was going to be traded before the season started, and Zach Ertz was not traded before the season started. So Jason Kelsey lost the bet. He had to dye his hair. Um, 
But this is Jason Kelsey when he was asked about uh, basically what it is about this city that uh, why do people find it so hard to play in Philadelphia? And this is the way he answered it. Yeah, this city really appreciates accountability, appreciates people being very honest, real, emotionally invested, caring. You know, I think um, there's a lot of people that say it's a hard place to play. I think it's pretty and easy, to be honest with you. You just go out there, play hard. You want to be loved in the city as a baseball player? Run to first base. They're going to love you. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I mean, if you go up here and make a bunch of excuses, you come up here and try and lie to them and act like they don't know what they're talking about, which sometimes they don't, but that's... When you when you really uh, when you act that way, or when you uh, you know aren't accountable if you're making mistakes or you're not uh, getting better or anything like that, you know they're gonna crush you. And um, that's most of the guys that I see that everybody's gonna get crushed at some point. Everybody's gonna go through a downturn or be struggling, right? And at all times, the city's gonna keep you accountable to be doing your job and performing. But. Um, you know, if you stick to it and you and you fight through it and you get better and everything like that, they'll respect the hell out of you. Especially if you fight, even even if you're struggling and you're fighting and you're really trying, they're still going to respect you. And um, that's what I think most guys miss. You know, I think that, you know, I, I really don't think this is a hard place to, to play at all, to be honest with you. I don't want to. You know, I think it'd be miserable to play in a place like Jacksonville where nobody cares. <laughs> Even the end there, he's like, I probably shouldn't say the hell with it. Yeah, Jacksonville sucks, by the way. <laughs> that if you're any incoming rookie, anyone that gets drafted, anyone that gets signed, anyone that gets traded for, and is new to Philadelphia, they just say, hey, just sit right here for a second. Here, you're going to watch this uh, 90 second clip. Well, who's this guy? This is Jason Kelsey, Hall of Fame center. You should just listen to this, just so you understand where you're where you're at. Just model this, okay? That should be required. For any new athlete to Philadelphia to watch that with Jason Kelsey and how he summed us up as a city. And he's absolutely right. Absolutely right. We love those people. And you know what? You know what we don't get enough credit for? We really don't get enough credit for. And I'm going to invoke uh, two names here in the basketball world. One is Markel Fultz. Okay. Remember that fella? Markel Fultz looked like he was scared as all hell to shoot. There, there's, there's the reports of thoracic outlet syndrome. And I still remember Elton Brand, the GM at the time, smirking when he was he got the call from Markel Fultz's agent saying he can't play anymore, thoracic outlet syndrome. And Elton Brand was like, yeah, okay. And that was that. But before all that, he went into his rookie, his first offseason. So he's going into his second year. And we were all talking about, oh, we, did, we want him to shoot. We want him to shoot. Remember, sound familiar? Like Ben Simmons. We want him to shoot. We want him to shoot. And Markel Fultz, I was at the game, took a three-pointer. Miss it, and the crowd went bonkers that he at least tried it, right? That he at least tried it. We hung in there with Ben Simmons before it all hit the fan in that game seven against the Hawks. We rooted for him. We pulled for him. We we argued it for his favor. And when he att attempted a three-pointer against the Guangzhou Long Lions in an exhibition game, the Wells Fargo Center blew the roof off the place. All the fans of the Wells Fargo Center blew the roof off the place because they're just excited to see him take a three. That's support. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So if you just show you're trying, you show you're working hard, people will love you. You bust down the first baseline in baseball like you heard them right there. People will love you. You're a center on your football team, and you're busting it upfield to make blocks. You're playing at that level. There have been times where Jason Kelsey has gotten ridiculed, gotten uh, uh, you know, criticism. He's had bad snaps. I want to say it was the maybe it was the first year of Doug Peterson. For whatever reason, he was having a really rough go of it, 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 it lining up in the shotgun and snapping over uh, Carson Wentz's head and, and all that stuff. There was some rough stuff going on there, and he did not exactly look great. And he just fought through it, kept getting better, kept getting better, kept getting better. All pro, all pro, all pro. They win a Super Bowl. You fight through that stuff. Yeah, if we notice that in this city, like the, the, last, the worst thing you could ever do is be, be accused of someone who doesn't care. And that's eventually what, what did happen with Ben Simmons. He just didn't care. Uh, it's not so much what um, – it's not that he loves basketball. He loves it what basketball brings him. And that's a horrible mix for anyone to play in the city of Philadelphia with that type of attitude. Oh, if we get the sense that you just like money and you don't like playing, you don't want to win for us, you don't want to represent Philadelphia the, we, the way we want our athletes to represent Philadelphia, it's over. It's over. Oh, and we'll never forget it. Never forget it. It's the perfect example of why Brian Dawkins was always so beloved in this city. Obviously, another Hall of Famer. So people are like, oh, it's Hall of Famer. Really, really hard to love. No, we're talking about the personality. We want to know the guys. There's plenty of people that have played here that aren't Hall of Famers that we look at and go, oh, I love that guy. Oh, you know, it wasn't the best player, but damn it, man, he put it all out there. Left it all out there on the field. Left it out there on the ice. Left it all out there on the court. We love those types of guys. Guys that we know are maximizing their ability. Jason Kelsey, as the undersized center, as it's been said a billion times in his career, maximized his ability and took advantage of what his strengths were. Being quick, being nimble, being agile. Those blocks downfield don't happen because, you know, he's some big, huge, lumbering guy. No. It happens because of that agility. They found a way. The Eagles found a way. Howard Mudd even found a way. Jeff Stoutland found another way to make him a better interior blocker who wasn't just, who wasn't just running down the field to make those blocks. All those things together is what made Jason Kelsey the athlete that he was. But the personality, man, that was gravy. The attitude. Like Jason Kelsey doesn't become the all-pro without the blue-collar work ethic that he had approaching the game of football. And that right there is exactly what we fall in love with here in Philadelphia. When people put their work in, they punch that clock. First one in, last one out. Hitting the books, making sure you're studying your, your, your plays, make sure you're studying your opponent. And then we see the progression. We see the hard work. We see the progression. Yeah, love forever. Oh, and then the success. Yeah, that helps too. But he's right. You you can have plenty of players here that are not first ballot Hall of Famers necessarily. They're not Hall of Famers. They're not all pros. They're not pro bowlers. They're not all stars. But they're players here that are just like, damn it, I just love the way that guy plays the game. We're looking at a guy right now in Philadelphia, also in the basketball world, in Tyrese Maxey. Like, the, the... The amount of improvement you've seen from his rookie year to now is incredible. The guy puts in the work. 
All one of the things I take away from Doc Rivers didn't think I'd mention his name today was that after they got bounced out against the Hawks, Tyrese Maxey called him. Was like, "All right, what do I need to do?" And he's like, "Go on vacation. Stop working for a second. We love hearing stuff like that, but that's the attitude you want in your players." Bryce Harper is a pretty damn good player, MVP two times over. Learned how to play a different position so he could come back and help his team. <laughs> like, I know people, oh, he's too flashy to show up. Yeah, that man works hard. Absolutely works hard. Garrett Stubbs. People love Garrett Stubbs, a backup catcher that hardly ever plays because of JT Romuto being so damn good. And people loved Garrett Stubbs because <laughs> he's getting the most out of his ability. Maybe don't love what he's had to say about the Arizona Diamondbacks and taking over their pool. But other than that, they love the guy. There are athletes like that throughout city, uh, throughout the city of Philadelphia's history that you just oh, I love the way that guy played the game. Love the way that guy played the game. Jason Kelsey was the whole package. You loved how he played the game. Uh, you loved his attitude. You, you love his personality. And he ain't going anywhere. That's one of the beautiful things about this uh, age we're in now where uh, we have social media and he has his own outlet. He has his own podcast with his brother that is just incredible. <laughs> I mean, good for him. Everything seems to be lining up for him. It's, it does seem to be the end of a, of a Hall of Fame career. And I'll miss seeing him play, man. Because he is damn good. Hall of Fame good. Um, so if the speech is in the next couple of days, if it's in a month after the Super Bowl, whatever, uh, I look forward to seeing how he leaves it with Philadelphia in terms of the player. Because I don't think the man's going anywhere. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of Jason Kelsey um, in the coming in the coming years. And look, I wish him nothing but uh, happiness with his family because that's a beautiful thing, man. That's such a great thing. Uh, let me tell you right now before we get into this, we'll get into the Sixers a little bit later. Before we get into our chat check, I'll uh, tell you guys about the great people, the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app to your phone. Get into all the games, all the concerts, all the big events in your area with the Game Time app. Use promo code FARZY, and they'll take $20 off your first purchase at the Game Time app. Game Time app means you can view the seat you want to buy before you buy it so you know the vantage point you're going to have at that venue. Also, they have last-minute flash ticket deals for ultimate savings. Also, they'll give you 110% of the difference if you find seats on another app, another ticket broker that is uh, less. When you look at the same uh, row and same section, you find it for less, 110% of the difference. That's what the Game Time app guarantee is. So take advantage of the Game Time app. Maybe you got a big event coming up. Maybe Valentine's Day around the corner. You want to make sure that you get that special someone in your life, those special tickets that they've wanted. Check out the Game Time app. Make sure when you create an account, you use promo code Farzy and you get $20 off your first purchase at the Game Time app. So check out the Game Time app, ladies and gentlemen. Take advantage of all they have to offer. How about my bookie? Mybookie.ag. Want to bet on those Sixers? Huh? You want to bet on a little NFL playoffs? My bookie. Mybookie.ag. Download the My Bookie app to your phone. Let the games begin. Use promo code Farzy for up to $1,000 redeemable cash bonus. That's up to $1,000 redeemable cash bonus at mybookie.ag when you use promo code Farzy. Uh, if sports aren't your thing, guess what? You can bet on uh, your favorite TV shows. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Uh, who's who's Billy going to end up with? I don't know. Uh, you can also bet on politics as well. How? I don't know, but it sounds bonkers. 
at mybookie.ag. Once again, use promo code Farzy for up to $1,000 redeemable cash bonus at mybookie, uh, mybookie.ag. How about PHL Sports Station, Philadelphia Sports Station, enhancing your Philadelphia sports fan experience across all social media and blogs. That's phlsportsnation.com. Let's get into the chat check and see how you wonderful people are doing on this fine, fine. It's Wednesday already. That is bonkers to me, ladies and gentlemen. That's a, that's the one benefit about a Monday night game in this business is like you, you do the game and then it's like, oh, well, it's like a short week now. Because usually it's like you have the game and you don't have the day. You don't talk day of game because that's usually a Sunday. And it's, it's a weird. Anyway, I think you get it. Anyway, Go Sixers says, what's up? What's up there? How you doing? Sean Kilrain, what's going on? Gone Sixers. Uh, Go Sixers says, hi, Sean. Sean saying hi. Go Sixers. Uh, I'm really enjoying having Nick Nurse as our coach. As am I. Uh, what's good, Farzi? Good morning. What's up, King DB Sports? What's popping? Twiz! What's up, Twiz? Uh, King, what's up? Jason Kelsey is a Philly legend who embodies the heart of the city. Perfectly said. DJ, good morning. Fuji! Uh, Wild Beast, what's going on? Wildebeest, sorry. Wildebeest, Davenport. Hopefully Nick gets, Nick gets fired today, so Kelsey might come back. <laughs> Jason Kelsey's fired. Jeff Stoutland's the head coach. Or Jason Kelsey, God forbid. Nick Sirianni's fired. Jeff Stoutland's the head coach. Jason Kelsey signed the 10-year deal. Too much? Too much. Let's see saying good morning. Uh, King DV, what's up? Exit interviews equals changes coming. Well, it's definitely the opportunity with everybody in the same building. Kelsey, quote... <laughs> Uh, F my life on the tush push. Gotta love it. <laughs> uh, Nick Sirianni killed the Eagles. Keeping him uh, hinders Jalen Hurts. See, I, I agree. And this is where, I, I'll leave this up. This is where, I, I look, I don't think the Eagles are going to hire a big name head coach. And by the way, how about the Atlanta Falcons? Like they already interviewed Belichick, they already interviewed Jim Harbaugh. Like they're just they're going in, man. Um, but I don't think the Eagles are going to hire someone that is a big name. I don't think they're going to hire someone with a long coaching resume. I think they're going to continue to get guys that they can rule over. Very, I mean, to put it as bluntly as possible, they're going to have guys that they can continue to have sway and pull over. Simple as that. But to look at the other side of the argument, to just entertain that curiosity for a second, I, I don't think Nick Sirianni's back. The only way I see him back is that the Eagles continue to feel like they can have that sway and pull over him. So there you go. Um, I, I still don't think he's back, but there you go. That's the only reason I think that he would come back. I don't think the Eagles are going to hire a big-name head coach, but if you're, Nick, if you're Jeffrey Lurie, don't you get tired, man, of – hold on a second. This is your job. I, I don't think that's how he looks at it because I think he wants to be involved. I think he wants to have sway. I think he wants to um, justify the analytic department. And I, I'm not anti-analytics. Don't get me wrong. I love analytics to be there to help a coach. Just like I love information to be there to help a coach. But I don't look at it as mandatory. I look at it as something to help me make a decision. If I'm a head coach, I look at it as something to help me make a decision, not something that has made the decision for me. Because people act like analytics tell you 
what's about to happen. They uh, Factually, if you go by this, this will happen. We can predict uh, the future. No, that's not what it does. Gives you a good suggestion. Sure. But if you're dealing with a coach who has been dealing with his players, who has been on those, you know, been on that battlefield with the players, so to speak, then you want that guy to be able to make that decision. You want that guy to have an informed decision, sure, but you don't believe, you shouldn't believe that the, the, the decision will be made for him. And that's where I think analytics earn their bad name is when people force it down your throat like there's no other way to do it because this is what's happened in the past. Exactly. That is factually what has happened in the past. And yes, that can help me predict what's going to happen in the future, but it's not telling me what's happening in the future. You don't know how this player feels on this day. You don't know what, 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 what his confidence level is in. You don't know how he's been executing this play in practice. The analytics aren't telling you that. There's so many other factors that go into it. That's why I always tell you, numbers never lie. They never lie, but they sure as hell do deceive. So if you're a co, if you're Jeffrey Lurie, I know you want to justify your football knowledge and influence aside from just signing checks. But I really do love an owner that has dedicated his life to uh, you know other fields. Let's just say that. I love an owner like that that trusts his coaches who have dedicated their lives to the game of football. So let them do the football thing and you do the money thing. I get wanting to talk to your head coach. I get having those meetings, sure. But I don't I don't believe in we're going to have these meetings and this is how you do your job. So if you're Jeffrey Lurie, and I do think that he wants to meddle. I think he does want to be involved in the football aspect of it. And look, he owns the team. He can do what he wants. I'm not saying I like it. Or I'm saying I don't like it. Um, but when you look at it like that, at some point, don't you just want to trust somebody else to win? Like, wouldn't you like to go back to having someone like Andy Reid in terms of this? You, you felt like you, they, you knew what they were doing. I mean, he was young. I think he was four years into his ownership when he hired Andy Reid, and then they kind of grew together. And then he, of course, I'm sure feels like he learned a lot from Andy Reid, and he has a lot to offer other head coaches, and I'm sure he does. But don't you want to have someone that you look at and be like, this guy knows what he's doing? I think Jim Harbaugh Jim Harbaugh's the guy I want. If, if it was up to me and I could pick the Eagles' next head coach, it would be Jim Harbaugh. That's not going to happen because I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be too much of a personality. I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be too much of uh, a Chip Kelly uh, type of personality for Jeffrey Lurie where he's going to feel like he doesn't own the team anymore, that, that Jim Harbaugh is the guy that will get any glory. But when I think about a guy uh, bringing a guy like Jalen Hurts along, putting him in a, in, a, in a good position, I think Jim Harbaugh is that guy. And I just don't see the Eagles doing it. I think you want to have someone that knows how to interpret your numbers. And I also think you want somebody that knows how to lead. And I think Jim Harbaugh can certainly do that. If he wants to get back in the NFL, I want the Eagles to be you know, calling that number. And if it ever gets out there that Jim Harbaugh is being interviewed by the Eagles, that'll be very exciting for me. But I think if you bring in someone like Jim Harbaugh, hell, if you bring in Mike Vrabel, if you bring in anybody with any bit of a, an established resume as a head coach, if you have any established resume as a head coach, you don't want to be here. These guys all talk. They know why Doug Peterson isn't here. Because Doug Peterson wasn't allowed to have his own coaching staff. <laughs> that puts a head coach in a very difficult position. Now, you know you're going to have an owner that's going to sign checks. That's going to spend money. And I love Jeffrey Lurie for doing that. And he, and he certainly does it. 
good God, man. The Eagles are in a spot right now where they've been to two Super Bowls. They've won one. And they've done that with Jeffrey Lurie's influence and Howie Roseman's influence. So if you're coming to join this party, realize that you're not the host. You're an invited guest in the house of Lori Roseman. Uh, micromanaging gets tiresome at some point. Get a tone-setting coach. Yeah, I hope so. I'd, lo I'd love to see it. Uh, there's too many good coaches out there. And I think that absolutely influences Jeffrey Lurie's decision on what he wants to do with his team. Oh, Trill, that's a great point. Uh, Mike Tomlin doesn't have the talent like we do. I absolutely agree with that. And Mike Tomlin still got that team to the playoffs. Uh, Lurie needs to stop trying to be like Jerry Jones and back off and let a real coach coach. No more yes-men coaches. I would be so pleased, so incredibly pleased, so amazingly pleased if the Eagles went out there and hired. And it's not because it's a big name and it's a sexy name, whatever the case may be, but it would be such a great feeling to know that they hired somebody with experience. Because that would mean that that person, that person's not coming in here to be pushed around. This person's not coming in here to be like, oh, I'm sorry, who are my coaches this week? Oh, you're firing my defensive coordinator. You're bringing in the other. Oh, thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you for letting me know. Do as we say. Uh, oh, wait, did I miss April? What? No, April! What's up, April? How you doing? Uh, nice to have you. Oh, we have a new member. No, new member, Lauren. What's going on, Lauren? Uh, James Alexander was going to ring the bell. Hell yeah, for the Sixers. Organization has failed the Eagles. It started last offseason. Uh, it was stubborn for Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson to not protect Hurts from the Blitz. Uh, fatal, what's going on? Or fatal. I agree Nick needs to go, but I still say that if he gets fired, I better see all the coaches got to go clean house. Yeah, I don't think anyone's staying back. I mean, I would say Stoutland maybe. And maybe Michael Clay. How about that? Um, but odds are, if we're bringing in a new head coach, he's got his own guys. That's the way it works. He's got his own guys. But if you're like, hey, Jeff Stoutland's here, you might want to hold on to him. I would hold on to him. I mean, he 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 survived Chip. I mean, what more do you need to know? He went from Chip Kelly to to Doug Peterson to now uh, uh, Nick Sirianni, and then the next guy. Uh, Twiz, give me a coach that will run an offense that will use Jalen correctly and not try to change him into uh, Philip Rivers. Yeah, Mike, what's going on, Mike? Harbaugh is good at tuning out the noise. I agree. Uh, James, God bless everyone. Good luck, Jason Kelsey. There you go, James. That's nice. April, what's going on? It is such a shame uh, that it is such a shame if that is how Kelsey ended his Eagles career. Such an amazing player and giving person. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what the odds are. You, you rarely ever go out on top, unfortunately. Midnight Lexicon. Great name. One of the best centers to ever play the game. First ballot. I agree with that. Uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck love, the, <laughs> love when the Eagles lose. What's up, King? I One thing you should know about me, I am not that guy. This announcer hates us. Like I, am, I have been in my um, runner days um, on the production crew 
with NBC. And I'm not talking about like Sunday Night Football where I actually like had a real job <laughs> on that crew, but like the kid behind the scenes running around and stuff. I've been in the car. I don't want to name names, but I've been in the car uh, with some of those announcers. And I remember one Flyers game in particular, the broadcaster in the car, we're, we're all talking and he just goes, ah, damn it. And we're just like, what? And he goes, I'm wearing an orange tie. I'm wearing an orange tie to a Flyers game. Now the whoever are going to think that I'm rooting for the Flyers. Like that stuff is on their minds. But it's not, they're not trying to send subliminal messages. Okay. They're not doing the, they're not doing that. Uh, the only thing they care about is the rating. And I'm going to, I'm going to bastardize a line from the comedian, Michael Ian Black. And he says this about uh, uh, strippers. Stay with me. Um, going to the strip club and thinking she really likes me is the same impulse as thinking, Hey, I think my kid's special. No. Um, like they're really brilliant. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, that's what he says. That's his line. I bastardized the line by saying, um, going to the strip club and thinking the stripper, Hey, she really likes me. That's the same impulse as the national announcer hates my team. Make sense? Michael Ian Black. Great bit. Great bit. Wow. Oof. Oof. All right, let me get to this one first. Twiz, number 62, needs to be retired. Gave everything he had in the field. Love you, Jason Kelsey. You will be missed. I don't like... I mean, you do it, so you do it. Like In other words, you do retire numbers in football. I don't like why you do, but you do. Um, or I don't like that you do, but you do. But if you're going to do it, yeah, then you got to retire Jason Kelsey's number. Uh, King Markel who? I know, right? Oh, the guy with the yips. <laughs> uh, must be what Rager and JJ are thing of Whiteside had. Yeah, right. Thoracic outlet. People were, I remember I was on the radio at the time. People were ripping me for saying it doesn't exist. It did exist. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just doubting whether or not he had it. Giant killer is another one. Practice squad player. Greg Ward. Greg Ward. Yeah, that's a good one. Good morning, everyone. Spent 30 minutes cleaning my car off yesterday. Ran my defroster for 40 minutes and scraped ice. Still not great. Be careful out there. Adam, appreciate that heads up. Yeah, there was thick ice on my windshield, too. Uh, Andrew, good morning. Jeremy, good morning. How many days until pitchers and catchers? What, a month? 30 days are we at? This is our year advance to the Easter Conference Finals. There you go, James. Want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Eagles went to bed badly. Thank God for the 76ers, right? Uh, I hope so, Kilpie. Great name. Uh, what happens today at the Eagles end of the year exit interviews? Dick Sirianni gets fired. That's what I think happens. Hertz needs a real coach, says Daz. Cowboys may get Belichick. I would bask in the idea of Bill Belichick going to the Cowboys for a couple of reasons. One, it'll fail. Two, <laughs> two. I want to see him and Jerry Jones butt heads. That is a fireworks party that I can't wait to see. Uh, Kilby Hurts finished the season worse this year than he did last year. Noticeably, it was a big disconnect with Sirianni uh, and the team. So that's my overall point here. Uh, Jalen Hurts really struggled this year. Jalen Hurts regressed this year. The whole team regressed. That's my 
biggest problem. What I was saying earlier about not burying the lead, the lead is, oh, what did the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback do? That's a, oh man, for the for the piping hot takes, that's the piping hot take. If people want to just, just talk about Jalen Hurts as if he was the only problem, oh man, that is clickety click click. That is the biggest clickbait you could ever, the biggest hot take you could ever, you could ever have. But the bigger problem, the truth of the matter is organizationally, it's regressed. It's all regressed. Jalen Hurts has just been a cog in the wheel of regression for this Eagles team. Yo, Farzi, if you want to invite me to the barbecue, all you have to do is ask. Showtime says 6 a.m., but I see you work CPT when it comes uh, to your start time. Uh, got me here every day waiting on you. I apologize, Ringo Island. I do apologize. Uh, Daz, Tomlin is your first choice? Interesting. Uh, Tomlin came across state and coached, relocated Philly to, uh, Pittsburgh to Philly. That move would be an upgrade, but a long shot. I... I don't know, man. Uh, I I think this is a different situation for my. I, I I like Mike Tomlin, um, but I just think it's a much different situation here in Philly because he like he inherited Roethlisberger, who had already already won a Super Bowl. Granted, it was the shadiest Super Bowl in the history of Super Bowls. Um, He's taken over a young quarterback. I think you really need someone to be in there grooming him for a long time. And the unfortunate thing is that if Mike Tomlin is your head coach, that means your offensive coordinator is going to be the one grooming and coaching up Jalen Hurts. And if he's an offensive coordinator coaching up an already pretty good quarterback, that offensive coordinator is not going to be here very long. I like Mike Tomlin. I just don't think it's a good fit here in Philadelphia. Uh, <laughs> I want Harbaugh. Good. I like that. 12-3-23 was the start of the Eagles' downfall. Was that the Bills game or was that the – no, that wasn't the Bills game. What was 12-3-23? What game was that? It wasn't the Bills. Hold on. Wait, why did I just click on the Phillies? That doesn't make any damn sense. Moron. Oh, that's good. I get to see the Phillies' uh, final score against the uh, Diamondbacks. That's just that's just what I wanted to see. Oh, that was the San Francisco game. Okay. I don't know. Oh, it was thanks. Okay, that's why I was way Okay, Samsonite. I was way off. Uh, yeah, Buffalo was the 26th. That was the Thanksgiving week and then uh yeah the following was against san francisco yeah some people were saying that it was buffalo so i had it in my head that i was uh, thinking about christmas which is not in november uh hubris leaked downstream in this team lori first roseman second sirianni third jalen can still be saved jalen can still be saved all right here okay so jalen's hurt's been overrated says the smitty um i mean what do you mean over like he was an MVP uh, runner-up last year. Like, that's the thing. Like, how are you overrating him? That's what I don't understand. I think he is a very good quarterback. I think he will be in the MVP running again. Hopefully that's next year with whoever's going to be the head coach. But overrated. What? So 
flash in the pan, I think is we're it's we're, I'm quibbling over the word here, but it's just the overrated thing always gets me because people always talked about Reese Hoskins like he was overrated, and I'm like, no, he's appropriately rated. Who is talking about Reese Hoskins? Excuse me, Reese Hoskins like he is some perennial all star. Nobody. But when I look at Jalen Hurts in the sample size that we have seen. I think he's going to continue to be a very good quarterback this this year. Look what had to happen this year for him to have this regression. That December 3rd game against San Francisco 49ers, he went into that week as the overall favorite to win the MVP award. And then after that, the entire team collapsed. That's not all not all on Jalen Hurts. They fired their defensive coordinator. Um it's not all on Jalen. I, I, I do not agree that Jalen Hurts has been overrated. Uh, Smitty, glad we glad we were your Super Bowl. Oh, is Smitty uh, 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 some fan of some other team that I that I hate? You're going to get smacked by the Ravens again? <laughs> Belichick or Pete Carroll? The team is on the brink of winning big. Just need a kind of jolt. Okay. Uh, bring back Carson Wentz. That's great. Um, let's see here. Do you think the Eagles should hire John Gruden? No. <laughs> 28 days, NFC least. Oh, the Smitty is a hater. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I spent so much time. Wait, yo, Farzi, I guess they didn't open up the play. I don't know. Remember the playoff game? Brady sat on the bench, pouting, refused to interact with his coaches and teammates. Oh, no. A real quarterback would never do that. What the hell? Mike felt, oh, yeah. I think Aikman and Buck are neutral. See, yeah, I agree. I don't know if it's still on uh, Joe Buck's uh, X page or whatever, but his description used to say, no Philadelphia. I think it was no LA in Philadelphia. I don't hate your team. I think those were the two teams that he had when he was on uh, Twitter which I thought was really appropriate, wildly appropriate even. Uh, Still worried about us not in the playoffs anymore? That's funny. Uh, appreciate everybody in the chat. You guys are wonderful as per usual. Uh, let's get to the morning rush brought to you by Sky Motorcars, Sky Motorcars, skymotorcars.com. Today is clean-out day there at the Novacare Complex. I do expect Nick Sirianni to get canned today. I expect that to leak out later today. Um, in other news, the 76ers had a game last night against the Denver Nuggets that was absolutely incredible. In the fourth quarter, Sixers are down four points. It's about the seven-minute mark. Marcus Morris, with the shot clock winding down, gets the ball on the perimeter. Knocks down a three, gets fouled, hits the free throw. You're tied at 111 in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Buzzer goes off. In comes Nikola Jokic. In comes Joel Embiid. It was like you could hit the Rocky music. It was like you could hit the bell, like ding, da, 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 like that. And um, you could hear it. And those two then went at it. And Joel Embiid won by a huge margin. Huge mark. I think I want to say he scored 11 points in a row for the Sixers in the fourth quarter with some great streak like that. And then speaking of the numbers, good golly, Miss Molly, what you saw from Joel Embiid last night, 41 points. 
He had his streak snapped of 30.10 rebound games, like 18, whatever the hell it was. Um, but I don't really give a damn about that because last night he had 10 assists, 41 points, 10 assists. Joker had 19 rebounds, but only three assists. Why is Joker spreading the ball around? What's with this guy? I think Joel Embiid was on a mission to get more assists than Joker last night. My own personal conspiracy theory. But he had uh, 41 points, 10 assists, seven rebounds in last night's game. Pretty spectacular. And then how about the helping hands? Tyrese Maxey dropped in 24. Uh, excuse me, Tyrese Maxey dropped in 25. Tobias Harris dropped in 24. Um, they really did a phenomenal job, especially in the start of that fourth quarter, keeping pace while Joel Embiid was sitting out. Kelly Oubre uh, was in the starting lineup, got 11 points for you. Nicholas Batum had a couple of huge blocks in the game. Um, he had eight points overall. Uh, Marcus Morris had seven points. Patrick Beverly had eight points off the bench, including two three-pointers. Sixers get the 126-121 win. After the game, Joel Embiid, I love this. I absolutely love this. Joel Embiid grabs Nikola Jokic, puts his arm around him, whispers in his ear, he's like, you're the greatest player in the league, man. You got your championship. You're the best. And it's like, I'm so glad the championship is what's on his mind. Because that's all I get. I don't care about I want I, I almost don't want Joel Embiid to qualify for the MVP. Like I would love for him to be, you know, for uh stamina to be fine. I'd love for health, obviously, above all else to be fine. And him being in the playoffs and have plenty of uh plenty of whatever left in the tank for him to roll through the playoffs and into an Eastern Conference Finals, into an NBA Finals. I would love that. Uh the MVP award to me does not matter. Does not matter. I almost don't want him to get it because I don't want him to qualify. I want him to be well-rested and healthy for the playoffs because it's all that matters. It's all that matters. That's where I'm at. Sixers, by the way, are going to be back at it uh, Friday. Uh, Friday, they got a 7 o'clock tip-off against the Orlando Magic. So there you go. And they're in Orlando for that one. As for your Philadelphia Flyers, ladies and gentlemen, uh, they're going to be back on the ice tomorrow night against the Stars. They have won four in a row. Good gosh. Four in a row for the Flyers. They're uh, dropping the puck in South Philly against the Stars tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. You guys are fantastic as per usual. Uh, make sure you guys, uh, what do I have to say here? Smash. Make sure you guys smash the like button. I'm told you have to do that. Also, make sure you subscribe to the show. Uh, subscribe to... Uh, Jacob Media, and also subscribe to the Farzy Show YouTube channel as well. Uh, and we'll all have our, our funsies as per usual. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. This is the uh, Farzy Show presented by MyBookie, mybookie.ag. And also don't forget to check out the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app to your phone, create an account, use promo code Farzy. And when you go to buy your tickets, you get $20 off your first purchase. Not too bad. Thanks, everyone. Have a great rest of your day. Uh, one final scroll of comments. Thanks. Thanks. Everyone's having fun. Everyone's having fun. Good time. Wait, 73 base now? Oh, till, till Philly's baseball. Okay. Not pitchers and catchers. Cool. Good enough. Uh, coming up in less than 30 minutes, Birds 365 gets underway with Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. See you then. Bye. <laughs>